Hello and welcome to Note Doctors Summer Shorts. My name is Paul. My name is Jen. My name is Ben. And we are your hosts. We are all university music theory instructors who are passionate about music theory and music theory instruction. In these short episodes, we will be sharing with each other and all of you musical examples and teaching tips covering a wide range of topics. So if you want to know more about music theory and the most effective and innovative ways to teach it, this is the podcast for you. So welcome back to another Note Doctor Summer Shorts. So this is an exciting episode for me because I get to be the um, empire, umpire, the referee for uh, a, a debate, an argument between Ben and Jen, two Enneagram Nines who hate conflict. You're going to be pitted against each other. And this, uh, this, the topic for today is harmonic dictation techniques or systems. There's a lot of different ways of doing pretty much any theory or all skills topic. Um, but one topic that is often very difficult uh, for students is harmonic dictation. So there are a number of ways um, that teachers have developed to teach harmonic dictation. And we're going to particularly focus on two such systems. One is the DOT line or DOT test. And so Jen is in one corner. She'll be talking about that and why that should reign supreme. And then in the other corner, we have Ben with uh, the harmonic paradigm system and why that is far superior. Um, so before we get into the reasons why, let's first uh, define these two terms and so we know what we're talking about. So Jen, you wanna start us off with talking about what is the doti line or doti test? Absolutely, so this is how we teach harmonic dictation where I work. And um, basically, you, as you play a chord progression for students, you train them first to listen for whether Joe or T is in the progression. And when they're first starting out, they're probably singing it out loud and just holding on to Joe, and they'll know right away when they hear T it, without fail. <laughs> um, it's pretty rare that a student is like, I'm not sure if it was Joe or T. You can tell they're a half step apart. So um, you use uh, the whether the chord contains do, t, or re, to narrow down what the chord options are. From, of course, if it contains do, you're looking at a one, four, or six, t, you're looking at a five, three, or seven, and re is the two chord by itself. And then the system expands as you move into more complicated harmonic dictations to include other things like secondary dominance, could require a syllable like d, or a subtonic chord in minor could require the syllable te. Essentially, you use these single note systems that the students listen to first that help them narrow down and perhaps even determine what the chords are in the progression before they attempt to discover things like the soprano, the bass, inversions, all those sorts of things. Okay, well, that seems like a reasonable approach, I suppose. Well, Ben, <laughs> what is the harmonic paradigm system? Okay, Paul, so in the paradigm system, uh, students are learning uh, harmonic uh, groupings. So common patterns, idioms, some people refer to it as an idiom method, uh, where you actually learn a soprano and bass uh, that are paired together and the chords with inversions that go with that uh, entire combination. So that you're working with this library of idioms or paradigms 
um, and then you're able to kind of hear that as a, as a pattern, as a group unto itself. But they're very short so that you can uh, identify that particular grouping um, and then form chains of those groups for, for longer progressions. Okay, well that sounds pretty good too, but I'm, I'm still not convinced either one is better. <laughs> so, so Jen, I need to hear you know, three reasons why this Do-T line is really the superior harmonization technique. Okay, here we go. Reason number one, the Do-T line helps students to hear things contextually. So Do and T line up pretty well with chord function as either tonic or dominant. And of course, predominance are either Do or Re chords as well. So it helps you hear that function. And as a result of that, students tend to make better mistakes. I don't know how else to put that, but um, they tend to mistake a two chord for a four chord rather than seeing Ray in the bass and calling it two when it's actually a five chord. So that is a much more contextual understanding. If you see fa in the bass, for example, and the chord is five, four, two, the student is likely to write five because they've heard already that it's a T chord and functioning as a dominant. Um, so it allows students to hear contextually. It allows them to immediately jump into longer progressions. So with the Do-T line, you can start out with a 10 chord progression if you want to, and students can quickly determine all of the Roman numerals in that progression because they're able to very quickly determine the context of the chord in just one moment when they hear it. A lot of times students will have all of the Roman numerals after maybe even just one hearing, and that helps them build confidence when they're trying to transfer this skill to other types of work in their life. Reason number two is that um, using the Do-T line helps you tie things seam seamlessly together with chord singing, playing chords on the keyboard. So we have our students first learn to sing chords by singing them in what we call the Do-T position. So the students learn to sing the chords, arpeggiating the chords by singing either Do, T, or Re first. And they actually often will use those arpeggiations, either audiating them or early on, they might be singing them out loud as they do harmonic dictation to determine what the chord is. And it helps them understand kind of from a very first hearing what it is that they're hearing. You can also use it to tie Th these concepts from RL skills together with what you're doing in written theory class. So we use keyboards in our written theory class, and I will often say, let's play this progression in Do-T position. So they can very quickly pick up their keyboard and think using their solfege from RL skills class, Do, Mi, So, T, Re, So, all of those things. Oftentimes the criticism that gets is that students can only hear or sing chords from one position. And we, I actually have them sing from lots of different positions, but having kind of a standard Do-T position to go to has been a really helpful tool for transfer between the classes. And then reason number three is that paradigms are specific, right? You have to choose the repertoire that you want students to have an understanding of because Paradigms that make sense for Mozart don't make sense for Brahms always, and they certainly don't make sense for whatever pop tune the student has listened to on the radio today. But the Doti line will work for pretty much any tonal music. So students can be sitting in their car listening to the radio, and they can use the Doti line to quickly figure out what they're hearing. And that builds a lot of confidence when they're able to 
easily transfer that skill from the classroom environment to whatever else they're doing musically. So those are my three reasons. Number one, better contextual listening. Number two, better transfer between oral skills and written theory. Number three, doesn't require a specific context can be used with any type of music. Wow, Jen, you should have gone into law. I mean, that would would be so stressful. That's like conflict every day, all the time. I should just give up now, huh? That's pretty good. No. That was pretty good. And by the way, if you you can find me singing some of those chord progressions on YouTube, That's uh, right. on Do and T. All <laughs> right. So Ben, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go Do T all the way. Uh, but I have to listen to you. So um, tell me why Paradigm is actually the better way to go. Well, I've got three reasons uh, in favor of paradigms, and the first one it sounds kind of funny when you first hear it, but it's chunking. Those of you that are familiar with the term chunking, it's kind of funny when you first hear it. Sometimes I've said it in class, but it does actually originate from um, cognitive psychology, um, where you create actually higher order um, representations of items that are a chunk of material. Uh, Drawing from short-term memory uh, studies, if you create um, a small grouping of things that students can process as a whole, um, then they will actually internalize that particular progression um, better. So the first reason is chunking, taking harmonic hearing as a chunking process um, that Paradigms is perfectly built for. Um, The second one would be knowing combinations of melody lines that are paired with certain combinations of bass lines and knowing how those things work together. Um, When you use the Do-T test, for example, you may be pulling from the melody line some of the time, but sometimes you're pulling from the bass and sometimes you're pulling from an inner voice. Um, An inner voice may be harder to detect um, than a melody line or a bass line. So knowing particular combinations of melody and bass pairs is really useful. Um, And I think a lot of times, speaking to some of the composers um, that that I know, a lot of times that's what they start with. They'll either start with a, a melody line that they've kind of uh, thought about on their own, or they'll start with a kind of a bass line that they've started on their own and kind of make these combinations um, that result. The third reason that I will say is uh, literature um, and actual musical examples. Um, I feel like for me, when I hear per- particular progressions, there are tunes that come to mind um, that I know when I hear certain progressions, I'll say, oh, that sounds like X tune. Like when I hear one moving to three, for some reason, I always hear We Are the Champions because the chorus of We Are the Champions moves from one up to three in the bass, do, re, mi, right? Um, and I hear that combination as paired to this, uh, this tune. And those tunes can be very different for very different people, obviously, but I think the ability to take a short progression and pair it directly with um, with literature um, is good, and those those chords will occur since they're in combinations. I guess tandems of melody-based pairs. You tend to learn combinations with the um, most common inversions, and you're used to using that language with the inversions, um, which is another another strength. I guess that's my three B <laughs> reasoning. For, for paradigms, but yeah, that's that's how I see it. Those, I think, are the, the strong points of, of paradigms. Mm, you make a good argument, Ben. So I'm conflicted. Do I, ha- do I have to choose? Like, do I have to choose paradigm or do I have to go with the Doe T line? Is there a common ground? Please tell me yes. 
Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we we both use both, I think. Uh, yeah. I definitely, um, you know, we, we start them out learning the Doty line, but they learn all sorts of paradigms. I love to do one of my favorite kind of paradigm uh, techniques that I use is the uh, which predominant is it test where they are. They're always hearing a predominant and then five one. And they can I start that very early on. So in oral skills one, it might just be two or four that they're hearing or maybe even a one, um, a one six, that kind of thing. And as they get much later, of course, you're adding the Neapolitan and five of five and seven of five. And they're discerning between all these different individual sounds that can come in that one spot. So my students, absolutely. um, Even though I did say that you can start right away with 10 chord progressions, we don't really do that. (laughs) We give them kind of little segments. We teach them how to use the doti line to um, hear those idioms that they Mm -hmm. are going to hear over and over again in lots of different kinds of music. I totally agree. And I definitely use the Doty system in my teaching all the time and encourage all of our, our teachers to use it. And it has its weak points because anytime you're picking some groups to know, you can only pick certain ones. You have to then choose what groupings am I going to teach? What paradigms am I selecting? And even that process of selecting what is a given paradigm is really mm-hmm. difficult because you're excluding things that happen all the time. So that's really difficult. And uh, I told Jen when I was working on this preparation, that all I could think of was advantages of using the DOT test. And then <laughs> I had to dig deeper so that I could sound really somewhat knowledgeable about uh, the paradigms. And I do believe in both really strongly mm-hmm. as a pair. Um, the the, the combination of doti and paradigms together is really i think the the best possible way to do it i think so and you know one of the really common criticisms of the doti line is that is some of what you said that you know you're listening to an inner voice that may or may not even exist it may be parts of other voices sometimes the doti line is you know a little bit the soprano a little bit the bass a little bit just something in the middle those kinds of things and that because of that students don't always make connections to what's in the bass but a lot of that you overcome with how with how you teach it so and i think you know i loved what you said about we are the champions because it shows that you're trying to use as broad a repertoire when you're approaching harmonic dictation with the idioms as you can. So you're looking at paradigms from lots of different kinds of literature and trying to give your students those paradigms from different places. And that's, that's really important, especially since we're all trying to diversify the rep that we're using in our classes. Yeah. Yeah. If every paradigm comes from Haydn and your students are only going to know Haydn really <laughs> right. well. And then right. they're immediately dumbfounded by any music. Um, that is not composed by Haydn, so. Right. So, I mean, my students sing all the voices. They sing the doti line, and then I'll split them into thirds, and some of them will sing the doti or sing the chords in doti position, while some of them sing soprano and some of them sing bass, and then they'll switch. Um, I make them sing from bass up and soprano down as well. It's not like we only approach it this one particular way. But it has our students, um, at least at DBU, by the time they get to senior year, they are pretty amazing at what they can hear in a harmonic dictation. I'm always impressed the first time I give them some insane modulating madness and they're like, oh, it's this, you know, <laughs> uh, with relative ease. It's yep. It always amazes me, I think. Um, 
combining them is, of course, the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great because oftentimes I'll have students come in who may be a transfer student or a graduate student, and we talk about harmonic dictation, and it's sometimes this just, it's a magic trick, right? <laughs> like, yep. well, you just listen and you hope for the best, you listen for the bass or listen for Spano, and then you kind of guess. But the paradigms right. and the DOT test, those are ways that you can systematically build a pedagogy where students have this um, catalog of, of possibilities that you're narrowing down. And it doesn't have to be a guess. It doesn't have to be magic that you can hear right. these things. Um, and so, yeah. So, well, thank you for um, being, being so outside of your comfort zone. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are, believe it or not, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So hopefully, you know, we can all apply some paradigms, some doti guide tones in our listening um, uh, this coming uh, fall semester in our harmonic dictation classes. And so that's it for this summer short, and uh, we'll be back with more. I thought about making a children's book called Two Sews in a Row about uh, a credential 6 4. <laughs> Do it! Two sews in a row. <laughs> like, we'll all so- be like, kindergarten teacher days you know where you hold the book that uh-huh. funny way where it faces out and you're reading to the students yes. and like showing well, it like this well i'm always like oh we got two sews in a row what does that mean you know <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like my next five follow-up will be a children's book about p- pigs called two sows in a row and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> That should be a short right there. There we go. I'll see if I can add that in. One minute. You'll get a ton of downloads. There we go.